Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessed Feast of the Dormition. This is the preeminent feast of the Mother of God and the final great feast of the church year. We've heard the story of the Dormition of Mary in the homily today, and I'd like to reflect on a few significant details that we can glean from the life of the Theotokos. I'll be focusing on three key lines from texts about Mary from this feast and also elsewhere. And the first one comes from today's Gospel reading, where Christ says, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. We have a curious reading today, one which is a composite of two separate events. First is one that looks at Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, and the second focuses on, on, on an interchange between Jesus and an unnamed woman, where it seems like he is downplaying the role of Mary, his mother. However, the Orthodox study Bible makes clear that Jesus corrects the woman not by denouncing his mother, but by emphasizing her faith. People are blessed if, like Mary, they hear the word of God and keep it. The Greek word corrects by amplifying and not negating. Mary is not rebuffed, but affirmed. She hears the word of God and keeps it. Like Mary, the sister of Lazarus, the mother of God has also chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. She has lived a life of faithfulness. The theologian Vladimir Lossky expresses it this way, that she's experienced both a functional and a personal indwelling or infilling of the Holy Spirit. She received the Holy Spirit at the Annunciation, but also the descent of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. She had to continually apply her will throughout her life to receive this second infilling. Like Christ mentioned in the epistle today, she emptied herself as well, taking the form of a servant, being open to God's will for her life. The Gospel text makes clear that Mary is blessed not only because she was chosen to bear the Savior Christ, but because she hears the word of God and keeps it. She was faithful all the way to the end of her life, not just when she gave birth to Christ. And in the same way, we are blessed, not when we simply rely on our own first infilling of the Holy Spirit at our chrismation, but when we continue to hear the, the word of God and continue to keep it and continue to work out our salvation in cooperation with the Holy Trinity. The second text I'd like to look at comes from the hymn to the Theotokos from the Divine Liturgy of St. Basil, where he says, He made your womb more spacious than the heavens. And this is an astonishing line that what was made the throne of God, a temple, was not a palace was not an angel, was not some kind of cosmic portal, but was a woman. The summit of creation, the link between the Old Testament and the New, in the words of Lossky, or the boundary between the uncreated and the created, in the words of St. Gregory Palamas, is a woman. And this has profound implications for how we view motherhood, childbirth, the place of women, and the place of the body. St. Simeon, the new theologian, in his defense of the body and of the body participating in the deifying work of Christ, uh, when he wrote to people who had a negative view of the body's members, said this in his 15th hymn, Look at Christ in the womb, 
and notice the things in the womb and escaping the womb and from whence my God went out and passed through. Mary, as the new Eve giving birth to the new Adam, surely elevates the place of women. In Mary, there is an affirmation, therefore, of the feminine, but also a transcending of gender norms. Dr. Philip Mamalakis points out that she's female, but she's also our champion leader, defender of the church and all Christian people in battle against the enemy. This is traditionally a masculine role, but she's still a woman. In the same way, conversely, we have men in the church who show qualities that we could call stereotypically feminine. Soft-heartedness, tenderness, tears like St. Isaac the Syrian, St. Porfirios, but they're still men. So we have an antinomy, a paradox even. We have liberation from strict gender norms but at the same time, affirmation of each gender. St. Paul writes that we have neither male nor female, Jew nor Greek, because we are all one in Christ. But at the same time, we have a celebration of what makes us unique as men and women. In the church, the gender confusion that fills our world is resolved. And this is emphasized through the unique aspect of a woman being graced by the Lord as his throne. The third text I'd like to look at comes from a homily on this feast from Father Thomas Hopko, and he writes, Mary with the divine child Jesus within her is called in the Orthodox tradition, the image of the church. The image of the church. She is called this because she is the spiritual pioneer of all Christians. Father Hopko uh, goes on by saying, in all the feasts of the Virgin Mother of God in the church, the Orthodox Christians celebrate facts of their own lives in Christ and the Holy Spirit. What happens to Mary happens to all who imitate her holy life of humility, obedience, and love. With her, all people will be blessed to be more honorable than the cherubim and beyond compare more glorious than the seraphim. If they follow her example, all will have Christ born in them by the Holy Spirit. All will become temples of the living God. All will share in the eternal life of his kingdom, who live the life that Mary lived. Now, this can happen, first of all, because of Christ's work for us, but it also happens because of Mary's. Losky writes that she heard and understood the angelic word in the state of fallen humanity, not as someone who was created above other humans. In doing so, she consummated or completed the holiness of the church, and the holiness possible for a human being. St. John of Kronstadt puts it this way, The heavenly king desires souls adorned with immutable virtue, souls prepared so that the very Lord himself could abide in them. Do not marvel that the very Lord wants to live in us. In fact, the human soul is more spacious than the heavens and the earth, for it exists in the image of God. And if one removes sins from the soul, the Lord of all will settle in it and will fill it with himself. We will come to him and make our dwelling with him. As it says in John 14, says the Lord about the souls who love him. This preparation for the meeting of the heavenly king before the dread judgment seat after death is essentially the person's preparation throughout his whole life. This preparation means a change in all his thoughts, 
the, uh, and the moral change of all his being, so that the whole man would be pure and white as snow, washing clean everything that defiles the body and spirit, so that he is adorned with every virtue, repentance, meekness, humility, gentleness, simplicity, chastity, mercy, abstention, spiritual contemplation, and burning love for God and neighbor. In short, we are all called to be God-bearing, and these are the English words of Theotokos. At the dismissal of every liturgy, the priest even prays through the intercessions of our venerable and God-bearing fathers. So to conclude then, the Most Holy Mother of God is worthily praised. We praise her for her life of holiness and dedication to God, both before giving birth to Christ and after, to the end of her life, hearing the word of God and keeping it consistently. However, we don't want to spiritualize the feast to such an extent that we lose sight of what is before our very eyes. A woman was selected to be the birth giver of God himself. We see in her the guidance of the church as regards womanhood and the feminine. Nevertheless, her experience is universal. We all have hope of becoming God-bearers. And I'll leave you with this quote from Father Doru Kostaki. The lady's experience summarizes what all believers must experience. That is, giving birth to Christ mystically, or rather, to their new Christ-like selves. St. Mary's experience, therefore, is the criterion in the light of which we grasp our destiny. We contemplate her experience, and we learn what we are meant to become, Christ-bearers, by giving birth to our new selves through faith, through our conversion. This gives a whole new meaning to tapping into the feminine side within each of us that we must anyway do. However, we do it by interiorizing the Lord's mother's icon. May God help us more and more to be people who have prepared a place of holiness, of purity, of devotion and love inside our hearts, that we too may mirror her icon and welcome Christ within. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Oh,